The only limits that God has is what we limit Him to in our personal belief and what we believe that He can do. Last Sunday night, I, I got some reports of the service, and uh, I was so excited about what God had done. Brother Duplessy got some different ones up here that needed miracles, and God uh, and prayed for them, and God has uh, confirmed His Word with signs and wonders. Amen. Brother Duplessy was telling me about LD was having some problems, and God has worked for him. He's had a better week this week. Amen. God's a miracle worker. Hallelujah. Alexis, uh, she's not in here right now. I guess she's in Sunday school class, but has some health problems. This week she had a doctor's appointment. And things have been better than they have been in a long time. Amen. God is still a miracle worker. Praise God. You, can't, you cannot ever underestimate the power of one service. Amen. You can't underestimate the power of what God can do in one service. Amen. There is no telling. That's the reason why it's so important to be faithful to the house of God, because you never know what God's going to do. You never know what's going to happen in an apostolic Pentecostal church. Amen. Some things are funny. Some things are exciting. Some things are wild. Some things are crazy. And some things are just the miraculous working of God. And uh, so I am thankful that I'm in the house of God today and uh, looking forward to God doing something great for us in this house. I I am here uh, today, uh, Brother uh, Brother Atkins is over at Brother Hare's preaching for him, and uh, so he'll be back here preaching again tonight, and looking forward to a great move of the Holy Ghost, and uh, what God has in store for us today and tonight, and um, I've got some things I'd like to talk to us about for a few moments this morning, and uh, probably more of a teaching mode than than a preaching mode. But first of all, I want to make some announcements, and that is I want to encourage everyone uh, to sell turkeys. Uh, do your best. I, I, I encourage all families, at least, at least every family in the church, uh, take it uh, upon yourself to sell at least five turkeys. And um, that shouldn't be too hard. Uh, if you can't sell them and you say, I can't sell anything, no problem at all. You just buy them and give them away. But I want everybody, uh, every family to be uh, responsible for at least five. And there's those who have, have uh, got customers over the years. And, and I do appreciate that. Make sure you're touching base with them. And uh, we should have a thousand turkeys delivered here by Thursday. And uh, so we will be cooking them, uh, hopefully start up uh, Friday. And uh, so if you want to come by and help, you're welcome to. And uh, we need help. And um, if you can't stay the whole time, if you'll check with me, I'll give you times that it's very important that we have people there. And we need to pray especially for Brother Joe. He's taking treatments. And uh, we need God to touch him because I need his help uh, during this turkey ordeal. So we have multiple reasons why God needs to heal Brother Joe. Amen. 
And uh, so, <clears throat> number one, just to heal him because he's Brother Joe and he needs a miracle. <clears throat> and God, if that ain't enough, I need some help cooking turkey. So here, receive one of those, those requests. Uh, so remember that. That is coming up very quickly. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's amazing how these holidays all just, just go from one to the other. Uh, of course, Halloween, we don't have a lot to do with that. We let them do their own thing. And uh, we continue on with life. Uh, but we are, uh, we are to be thankful and uh, for God's blessings. And God has blessed us. I don't care. I do not care what this crazy society says. And uh, what they have to say about this great country that we live in. I'm still proud to be an American. Amen. Amen. And in all of its, all of its faults and all of its shortcomings, it's still the best place in the entire world. The only place better to live would be heaven. And you gotta die to get there, so I'm not ready to go right now. So let's hold off on that a little bit. We want to pray especially for, uh, Brother Thrasher's family. Brother Rudy Thrasher, which preached us a revival a few years ago, um, was here with us for quite some time, and uh, he uh, passed away last week. In fact, that's where I've got to go in the morning. I've got to go to his funeral in uh, Perigo, Arkansas. So pray for his family. Ask the Lord to touch him. You never know. You never know. Life is so fragile. He woke up one morning uh, last week. And uh, he stepped out of his, his motor home and said, I'm not feeling too well. Y'all need to pray for me. In just a few minutes, he fell over dead. And um, you want to be ready. Amen. I think he was about 65 years old. And uh, that used to be old, but it's not near as old as it once was. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. I want to live as long as Brother Griffin. I want to stay alive as long as he is, and I hope he never dies, so we'll be all right. But uh, anyway, remember that. Coming up next Saturday, next Saturday is the Hudson Bash in, in the big city of Spurgra, Texas. And uh, so don't forget that, and uh, there'll be more information on that. We always have such a great time. We appreciate them opening up their homes uh, to us. And uh, we have a wonderful time of food, fun, and fellowship. As long as we can keep Brother Buck and Brother Allen away from the fire, we do okay. Now, when they build that fire, you better start running because fire drives out all kinds of serpents. It did, it did in the Apostle Paul's day, and it's still working today. So remember that. Coming up the following, the 28th, Saturday the 28th, we are having a Sunday School Fall Festival, and uh, there is a sign-up sheet on the welcoming desk, so please sign up to volunteer to help. There's many areas that we need help with, and uh, so as soon as church is over, get your name on that list. You do not have to be a Sunday School teacher. Uh, we want all hands on deck, and uh, we're looking forward to a great time. Be inviting people. We're going to have all kinds of fun activities for kids, and uh, 
We'll have food. We'll have drinks. We'll have snow cones. We'll have fun jumps. We'll have go-karts. We'll have puppets. All kinds of things to have a great time with for kids. And it's all absolutely free uh, to our guests. So we want to be inviting people. And uh, we're going to have a great time. All of you, all of you folks that's got grandkids, go gather them all up. Bring them to the Sunday School Festival. And uh, we're looking forward to a great time. And uh, so remember that. That's coming up the 28th. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And uh, I want to say a special thank you uh, to everyone uh, for last night and uh, everyone that worked so hard uh, to put all of that together. Brother Atkins and myself was looking at them take everything apart. And uh, he said what took them all week to put together, they can tear up in just a few minutes. And uh, that was a lot of work, all the food that was cooked, um, all the things that was done, and all the nice things that was said, and the some things that was not so nice that was said. Uh, we do appreciate it very much, but everybody knows that I like to joke and I like to cut up, and uh, sometimes it gets me in a lot of trouble. And uh, so I, I do believe, and, and uh, to this point, uh, that, was the, that was the greatest pastor appreciation uh, time that I've had. And I want to thank you all so much for that and uh, from uh, the wonderful songs that was sung about I've been everywhere. And uh, then I promise you when they started up that soundtrack on uh, that song, I like to fell out of my chair wondering, my Lord, what have they done now? And uh, I said, how am I going to get out of this? Brother Allen's good at getting me in trouble. And uh, so... Uh, the girls done such a good job on that. That was so nice. And uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for everything. The gifts that you bought my wife uh, was wonderful. And uh, she loves them. I was going to have her to say something, but she's not going to come in here, I don't guess. Uh, <clears throat> probably because she thought I was going to have her to say something. But uh, the gifts that you bought her, thank you so much. All the ladies that sacrificed and gave to that. And uh, the gift that you bought me was just over the top, and I do appreciate it very much, and uh, thank you so much. Uh, keep walking. Come on up here. I want you to say something. She must have heard me in the lobby because she wanted to say something. <laughs> Every Sunday she says, please, can I say something? Can I say something today? And as uh, long as she don't start preaching, we'll be okay. But thank you for, uh, for what you've done for us. And uh, thank you for your love for uh, my wife, myself, and my family. I do appreciate it very much. I count it a privilege and an honor to be able to pastor such a wonderful church. And um, I thank you for it uh, so very much. Thank you for your faith and your confidence that you've put in us. And uh, to be a leader, uh, overseer, and your shepherd. And the only, way, the only way that you can pastor someone is that they have to allow you to pastor them. You can come to church here and I'll never be your pastor. But thank you for those who have put your confidence and trust in me and allowed me to pastor you. And uh, thank you so very much. I 
actually did not hear him, so I don't even know what he said. But anyway, I do think everyone, uh, last night was just, we were talking about it, was just over the top. Everything was so nice, all the decorations, the food, uh, the all your acting. Y'all did great. I mean, it was so much fun, and thank y'all very much. We don't deserve it, but thank you. We do appreciate it, and we do. I love each and every one of you, and I pray for you, and I'm thankful for you, and I do love my pastor as well, <laughs> and I do appreciate him. And I was talking to the, my Sunday school this morning. I told him we were having marriage, premarital uh, counseling this morning. It just happened to be what it was. And I said, you know, it's easy to follow when uh, when they live the life. And so I do appreciate my husband, and I do appreciate his walk with God. And thank you all again for everything, for every kind word that you said for everything and all my gifts that you got me, you got me way too much. Y'all did not have to do that, but I do appreciate it, and I will wear my purse to, or carry my purse today. And uh, I do appreciate everything, and I love each and every one of you. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love y'all. Brother McDaniel. <laughs> we do too, Brother McDaniel. Thank you, Brother Mac Daniel. We love and honor and respect and appreciate Brother Mac Daniel, don't we, church? Amen. Amen. He gave many, 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 many faithful years to this wonderful uh, work of God and uh, pastored for 40 years and uh, preached the gospel for many, many years. Thank you, Brother Mac Daniel. Thank you for those kind words, and I do not take those lightly at all. And um, so God has been good to us. And uh, like my wife said, what y'all done was way too much. And, uh, but I want to say thank you, and I like it. So you don't have to stop, but I just want to let you know how much we do appreciate it. And uh, after they got through last night, I told them they just wanted to know when I was going to take my my kayak out fishing. I said, "Well, I would do it Monday, but I got to leave town Monday, so <laughs> I won't be able to do it Monday. But hopefully, sometime this week, the good Lord willing." And uh, so, thank you for everything. Remember the announcements. Let's get into the Word of God. First Corinthians chapter number twelve, verse number thirteen. Before we do that. Why don't all the home folks just give all of our guests a good hand clap today? And uh, so glad for every one of you that is here. Lord bless you. And we appreciate our guests coming to be in service with us. And I want you to just join in and worship the Lord together with us. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bound or free, bound or free, and have been all made to drink into 
one spirit. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Lord bless you. Why don't you put your Bibles down. Let's lift our hands toward heaven and ask God for his help today. God, we need you. We need your help. We need your anointing. We need your directing hand, God. Move in this service today. Let the glory of the Lord fill this place. Talk to our hearts. Talk to our souls. Visit with us today, God, and we'll give you the praise. We'll give you the glory. We'll give you the honor. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands under the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. 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 Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning from this subject. I want you to, you to look at your neighbors around you. Everybody look at your neighbors around you. Everybody get a good look at your neighbors around you. Don't they look good sitting around you? Amen. I want you to look at them as you look around this church and say, you're my brother and you're my sister. You're my brother and you're my sister. Whichever one fits. If you are a male, that means that you are a brother. We used to never have to explain this before back in the good old days. If you are a female, that means that you are a sister. You cannot change that. Just get used to it. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I think it is very important for us today as individuals to know that even though we are individuals, it's very important for us to realize that we are dependent upon one another. There is a saying that goes like this, that no man is an island. No man is an island. In the very beginning of time, God created man. And He breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Anybody knows what went on from there? God looked at man and said, It is not good for man to be wandering around lost in this garden. And he created a woman to give him direction the rest of his entire life. Not exactly. He said it is not good that man would be alone. So God created him a help meet for him. It's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for mankind to be alone. People, I've heard people say that I am a loner. I like to be by myself, not me. Very few times do I like to be by myself. And when I like to be by myself, it's not very long periods of time. I'm like the preacher that left the house one morning and told his wife, said, don't bother me. Don't cook supper for me. Don't cook. Don't do anything. Don't call me. I'm disconnecting from this world. I'm going into my office until I hear from God. And so about five o'clock that evening, the husband come into the house and his wife said, well, I wasn't expecting to see you. I didn't have anything cooked for you. Said, did you hear from God? He said, no, but I got tired of waiting. I didn't want to be by myself. 
So uh, I, I'm about like that. There is occasionally times where I go up to the lake. Now, before you let your imagination run away from you, I go up to the lake and uh, I take uh, our motor home and I, I uh, go up there with no food or anything and don't even carry a boat or a fishing pole or a bicycle or anything with me. And I stay... And uh, I want to tell you, you want, you want time to stand still. You just stop eating for a period of time and go be by yourself. The days are extremely long. And uh, I just watch the clock and wait on the clock to go by. Keep ticking, clock. Man, it's amazing how fast days go by until you start fasting. And days seem to creep on by. <laughs> I'm like another man that said, said, it don't take me all day to get, or, or it don't take me three or four days to get humbled down. I can start fasting, and by that evening, God can tell me anything He wants to tell me. I'm ready to listen. Some people have to fast 10 or 15 days to get under uh, subjection to the Lord. I'm ready to listen automatically when it takes my food away. But uh, because I don't like to be alone, I don't think it was God's plan. I don't, well, I know it was not God's plan. God, God, there, there, it, it's amazing how, it's amazing how people congregate together. There is, uh, you know, yeah, how many has ever been driving down the road and all of a sudden there's just, just a traffic jam just for no reason. It's just a traffic jam. The other day we was coming back through, uh, Baton Rouge and I, I started seeing the traffic back up. And uh, I told my wife, I said, there's nothing there. We just come through there. There's absolutely nothing. There's not an accident. Uh, there's nothing for them to look at. And traffic is just backing up. But you know what happens? That people start looking at something and they start slowing down. And that car's got to get slower. And that car's got to... It was backed up for like 15 miles of traffic on Interstate 10. And when we got to... About the eight mile marker of the traffic backed up. It was at a total standstill. Uh, people congregate together. What makes large cities is people like community and they like, they like to be a, together. Uh, I, I like to go out occasionally in, in, uh, uh, we call West Texas, but it's really the hill country. But after about uh, about two days of that, I've, I've had all that I can stand because it's so lonely. There's nobody there. There's no Walmart there. There's, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing there. It's just open skies and, and open country and it's lonely. There's, a, there's a feeling that comes to that because God puts something in us to want, want companionship, to want to be a, around people, to want to uh, congregate together. And uh, you, you, let a, you let a bunch of people get together and start looking up in the sky. Before long, there'll be a bunch more people. What, what are y'all looking at? What are y'all staring at? You don't have to be looking at anything. I like to do that sometimes, just start pointing, looking up in the sky and see how many people I can get look up in the sky with me. What are you looking at? I ain't looking at nothing. There's nothing up there. I just wanted to see how many people I could get to do the same thing. Because people like community. The Bible tells us that, that we as a church, the Apostle Paul was speaking to the church at Corinth and he said, we as a church, we are baptized in 
to that same body. And this is a very good uh, one God scripture that here, O Israel, the Lord, our God is one Lord. Amen. For he said, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. There's not three separate and distinct persons in the Godhead. There's only one. Amen. You're not going to see three sitting on the throne. You're only going to see one sitting on the throne. Every, every scripture indication that we have all points to there is only one. There is only one body that we are baptized into. There was a conflict between, uh, the Jews and the Gentile. There was some racial tension, if you could put it, that way between the Jews and the Gentiles. And the Apostle Paul was addressing the church. He said, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew and it does not matter if you're a Gentile. It doesn't matter if you are bound or you are free. It doesn't matter if you are a slave or if you were born free. We are been made to drink into that spiritual drink. We have been baptized into one body. We're not separate. We're not, we're not mean to be, meant to be divided, but we are meant to be together, working together in the body of Christ, being a body that is fitly joined together. Amen. That there are no big eyes and no little U's. There's no, none of those that has great importance and those who are not important. As I had you to look around today and uh, look at everyone in the church, everybody in here has purpose. Amen. Everybody in here has purpose. Everybody in here has a place. Everybody in here, there's a reason for you being in the house of God. Amen. You are somebody. It's important that every person in this house today realize who you are. Amen. Now help me just for a few moments now. That you realize that you are a child of God. That you realize that you have been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That you realize that you have been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. That you realize and understand that you are a child of God. See, the devil will try to diminish the fact of who you are and what you are and what God has called you to be. But it's important that you understand and always know and always remember in the good times and in the bad times, I'm still somebody. I'm a child of God. I'm important to the kingdom of God. I'm important to God's plan. Amen. Amen. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. The scripture tells us in Second Corinthians, or First Corinthians chapter number 12, as Paul is addressing the church, and he goes in to the offices of the church. At the end, he talks about the fivefold ministry of the church. But in the, in between those, he discusses the body, the importance of who you are. And what God has called you to be. We today, as we look at one another, this body is a complex 
configuration of many, many parts. There's many, many parts that make up a body. It is very important that every part has a work to do. Every part does its job of what it has been called to do. No matter, no matter how insignificant you might think they are. I read a story in a commentary that was talking about this, this minister was talking about someone that he knew in, in high school. He said he was a freshman when he met him in high school. He was a great fullback and expected to be a great fullback in college. He was recruited by many, many high schools, college schools, many, many great football college schools to play the sport. He was expected by his physical ability, the speed that he had, the size that he was, the brain that he had upstairs, that he was going to be a natural born great. The summer he graduated from high school, he went and he took a job at a lumber camp. And during that time, he had an accident and a piece of lumber fell on his toe, his big toe, and they had to amputate his big toe. This, in this freak accident, it did not change his appearance at all. Looking at him, it looked like that he was the same man that he always was. But in losing his big toe, it messed up his ability to balance himself. It messed up his ability to start and to stop very quickly. And thus he lost his ability to be the great fullback that everyone coming out of high school and every college thought that this man would become. Why? Because one member of his body had to have been amputated due to an accident that altered his entire life. Now, he could put on a shoe and hide it. You would never know that he was missing it. But there was something in his chemical makeup that could not do without it. If you think digits on your hand is not very important, Try to grip something without using your thumb. That thumb gets in the way a lot of times. There's been a lot of times where I've reared back and I've hit my thumb with a hammer. Mm, praise Jesus. That'll let you know what's inside of you. Amen. But, but it gets in the way. But without that, it would be very hard to grip the hammer with the other hand. Without that thumb, it would be very hard to hold the nail in place. So if we're very, not very careful, we start diminishing the fact of our importance. You know, we blame everything on everybody else. That they talked about me. They said this about me. Maybe I'll get into that a little later on. But they said this about me and it hindered me from becoming this or doing this. They said I couldn't do it, so 
I latched a hold to I couldn't do it. But you know who the greatest critic that we have most of the time in our life? It's not the one sitting next to us. It's not the critic that we look at sitting on the other side of the school are sitting on the other side of the car, are sitting on the other side of the church, are sitting on the other side of the desk in the workplace. But our greatest problem lots of times is ourself because we diminish the fact of who we are. Now, I don't think that any man ought to think higher of himself than he ought to say, oh, I'm so great and I'm so wonderful. I don't like to be around arrogant people. But on the other hand, I don't like to be around people that's always beating themselves up, beating themselves down, saying how terrible and how bad and how awful they are. You've got to come to a realization of who God created you to be. Quit criticizing yourself. Quit making light of yourself. Quit putting yourself down. But realize God has called me for a purpose. God has a plan. God has a will. God has something that I can do and something that I can become. Amen. Amen. We use things for a cop-out. That it's somebody else. When you're your own worst critic, Have you ever criticized yourself? Have you ever said, man, you're ignorant. Why did you do that, stupid? Have you ever said that? Yeah, we've all, we've all been there. Have you ever just felt, man, I can't do anything right? Everything I try to do, I mess up, I tear up, I break up. I can't do anything right. You've got to realize God has something for you to do. God has called you with purpose. Don't let the devil ruin and wreck and destroy your life. The devil will mess up your mind into thinking that this is all you're going to ever be and all you're ever going to do, that you're always going to be a failure, that you're always going to be up and down, in and out, back and forth. Amen. But I come to tell somebody today that you are part of the body of Jesus. Christ. You are part of the church. You are important to the kingdom of God. God has called you with purpose. God has given you purpose and a plan. You've got to find out what God has called you to do. Amen. Amen. Everybody wants to do something. Sometimes people want to do some things that they cannot do. I want to sing so bad. I do. You don't know how bad I want to sing. My mama could sing. My sisters can sing. I can't sing. I've tried it. The, <laughs> the other day... The other day, I was driving down the road in the middle of the night, minding my own business. I had my headphones on. Man, I bought some of the greatest things that I've ever come across for traveling with young people. Man, I get on that bus, those kids are so loud, they will drive you insane. Especially with Brother Mark sitting behind you. 
When I was, when I was in Washington DC, I went to the Bose place in the mall. And I tried on these headphones that I can put those headphones on. And they are noise cancellation headphones. I can't hear anything. I don't even have to have anything going in them. I turn it and it's got this little button on it and it just goes. And you don't hear nothing. They can holler. They can scream. Only thing I needed something to keep Brother Mark from hitting the back of my seat. If I get that figured, if I get that figured out, I got it going on. But, but, um, I, I had those headphones on. I was driving down the road in the motorhome. Man, I had some music going and I was sounding good. Good Lord, man, I was singing. I was sounding just like that guy on, the, on that CD or on that iPod. And, uh, I, man, I was singing. Man, it was sounding so good. And I was thinking in my mind, you know, you really can sing, boy. You got it going on. And uh, I didn't know it. But there was some kids sitting behind me with some iPhones that was, that was recording me. And we have this group text with the family. And they sent it to Tammy. And my phone dinged, because that thing dings in my ears. And I looked at that video of me singing. And I said, that's not what I sounded like at all. So I'm back to the conclusion that that's not one of the things that God gave me the ability to do. But you see, we have got... I I can't because I can't do that. I, I envy Preachers that can sing. Brother Shields makes me so mad. The guy can sing. He can preach. I said, Brother Townley, I said, Brother Weeks, man, if y'all get up there and it ain't happening, all you got to do is sing. And you get people crying or worshiping or whatever was singing. I said, if I get up there and it ain't happening and I'm not anointed, forget it. I ain't got nothing else to turn to. It's just me up there by myself staring at people. I said, you always got a way out. And I've always wanted to have that in my back pocket. But God knew if I could do that, I've always wanted to play a guitar. My mom and daddy wasted hundreds of dollars on guitar lessons. I wanted to play, but I never wanted to practice. Amen. You can't get there like that. But, but you know, and, and God knows if he would have gave me that ability I'd just sing and I'd play my guitar. Y'all would never hear any preaching. Some of y'all say, Lord, why didn't he bless him? But <clears throat> anyway, so you've got to realize that, that maybe that's not what God called me to do. Maybe that's not what God gave me the ability to do. But don't say because I am not the hand, I am not part of the body. That's what the apostle Paul said. He said, we are all part of one body. The hand, the right hand, which gets used the most on my body, which gets lifted the most on my body, which gets seen the most on my body, does not ever look over there in that left hand and say, left hand, because 
You are not very important. You don't get used. I don't need you, so I'm going to take a saw and saw that hand off because this is the hand that's most useful. No, just like this one is useful, this one is useful also. Amen. Just like this ear is useful, this nose is useful. Just like this eye is useful, this foot is useful. It's all part of the makeup of the body. Amen. It takes you. It takes me. It takes him. It takes her. It takes them to make up the body of Christ. Amen. Don't let the devil tell you how insignificant that you are. But get your mind made up. I am still part of the body of Christ. Amen. 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 Don't compare yourself amongst yourselves. Because what someone else can do better than you, you can do something better than them. Amen. Amen. I contribute my success in living for God to many people that have helped me along the way. I was talking to the young men the other day, and I'd like to share this story with you this morning. I've shared it with you before. I I shared it at his funeral uh, not too long ago. But uh, I contribute my success in living for God. There There has been messages that have been preached that has been life-changing messages that was directed to me in very critical times and critical situations in my life that gave me direct direction from God. And I do appreciate that very much. Ministers in my life that's gave me a word from God through the years that was just at the particular time, the right time, and, and just directly from God that helped me and and encouraged me to keep on uh, serving God and being what God would have me to be. But there are some of those people that are not very famous, that are not very recognized. If you would put them in a crowd of people, they would never be picked out in a crowd of people. If If you put them and say they influence someone who is preaching the gospel today, if if I put a line up, up, some of you would know who to pick, but but some of you would not know who to pick because you know them. But if I put a line up of of men, of preachers and and uh, saints of God, and different ones uh, that has really impacted me at the most critical times of my life. Some, most of you would never pick them out because you'd be picking out the ministers that I've been associated with. But at the most critical time of my life, uh, at the points of where there seemed to be no return, that the point where at times it looked like that it was going to end and that I was going to just do something totally different with my life. The critical people that had the Word from God that made the right move in the right direction 
at that very time were not ministers of the gospel at all. They were just part of the body of Christ. One of them was in my earlier years was Brother Harold Hall and his wife that made a very critical decision one night in a church service that forever changed my life. Another one of them was a man that sat right over here on the second seat in this building. It was before we was in this building. That found me in the corner of a prayer room one night on a Sunday night service where I had not entered the service and everyone else was gone. And he come over there and picked me up out of the corner of a prayer room and set me on the chair with him and put his arm around me. And he didn't say a whole lot. He just prayed. And that man's name was Peanut Rivers. And I give credit to men and women of God that are part of the body of Christ. That did not say because I'm not a preacher, I can affect someone's life. But they realize that I may not be the head. I may not be the brain. I may not be the mouth. I may be just the hand that can go and put my hand on somebody's shoulder and say, get your head up. Everything's going to be all right. You're going to make it. I want to tell you today, church, don't ever underestimate what God has called you to do and the part of the body that God has called you to perform. There is a work for you. Your importance in the house of God is unsurpassed by anybody else. God's got a reason. God's got a purpose. God's got a plan for you to fulfill in your life. The Apostle Paul was trying to make mention to make them understand the body is fitly joined together. Working together in unity and in harmony. If the hand gets mad at the head, well, all you can do is talk to me. I can slap you. If the head gets mad at the foot, the brain can tell the right foot, stomp the left foot. See, the body is so complex, but it's so beautiful. When it works together in accordance to the plan of God. The body is created in the image of God. He created man in his own image. And he breathed into man the breath of life. And man became a living soul. The body is so beautiful when it's all working together. The church was purchased with Jesus Christ's precious blood. He gave, He sacrificed His life for the church, the body of Christ. We are to resemble the body. We are to be a perfectly, fitly joined together body that is working in. The body is so amazing. I don't have to say anything. I just have to think it. Pick that up. Touch that. Move that hand there. Move that hand there. 
Scratch your nose. I certainly don't have to think about that. It just does that automatically. Amen. Pull your ear. Scratch your head. Twitch your head. Ain't that amazing? You say, oh, everybody can do that. Until you can't do it. There's nothing to it until you can't do it. There's nothing to the church working together until the church can no longer work together. There is times, church, where we've got to put our feelings aside for the body of Christ's sake. There is no time for this one to be against this one and that one to argue with that one or that one to be against that one or that one not speaking to that one or this one not speaking to this one. No, that's not the body of Christ. That's not a representation of the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. But you are my brother. You are my sister. I can't afford to lose you. I can't afford to cut you off. I can't afford to throw you away. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. I know this is Pastor Appreciation Month and I thank you for everything that you've done. And I realize that you know, you believe that you need the preacher, but the preacher needs the saints. What would it be if I'm, here, if I'm up here preaching to an empty building? I can't do it alone. I can't pay the bills alone. I can't keep the lights out on alone. I can't have church alone. Amen. I can't live alone. Amen. We need one another. I can't reach the community alone. I can't do outreach alone. I can't teach Sunday school alone. I can't work the work of God alone. But what it takes is a church of God saying, hey, we're all in this together. We've got a job to do. God's got a plan for us. God's got a work for us. We're all going to get in it together and work together. The church is not about me. It's not about you. It's about Him. That when people look at the church, they should see the glory of God. Amen. I go back to Solomon's prayer when he was dedicating the temple. He said, Lord, if your people sin, if they walk away from you, if they do wrong and they are carried captive into a strange land, when they look toward this place, God, hear their prayer. God, come to their rescue. I want to tell you today that we can have hope on our sign until our face turns green and That won't do the world any good. But when they look to this place, and when they come to this place, they've got to find something in the house of God that works. Something that changes their life. Something that doesn't work in their life. And that comes from the church working together. I'm part of the body. I'm part of the body. I'm part of the body. When one member suffers, they come to the music. I'm getting ready to close. 
when one member suffers, all the body suffers. When one member hurts, the whole body hurts. How many's ever had an ingrown toenail? How many's ever had a wisdom tooth? <laughs> when one member, an ingrown toenail, the little old bitty thing, it'll make a man 275 pounds get down on the floor and hold his big toe and just whine like a big old baby. How many has ever had kidney stones? Little old bitty things will bring down a grown man. I tell you what, I've seen my wife. She had them. She can take pain a whole lot better than I can. And by the way that she was hurting, I knew I didn't want any plan of that. So I said, God, spare me. I can't take it. Amen. There ain't nobody ever hurt like I hurt. <laughs> That's what every man thinks. <laughs> Women, they just have they just have aches and pains, but men have really bad sicknesses. Amen. You never know, man, when it is whew, good Lord, when something liable to hurt you. Just little bitty things, but it affects the whole body. You can't go. You can't do anything. It'll lay you flat on your back, make you crawl around on the floor, make you whine and cry. Amen. Just a small problem in the body. But when one member suffers, I want to tell you, young person, you listen at me, young people. Even you way back there in the back now where you're not supposed to be. Y'all listen to me. You are important to the kingdom of God. You are so important to the kingdom of God. This church cannot afford to lose you. Listen at me, young married couples. You say, oh, I don't have any skill. I don't have any talent. I can't do anything. You are so important and so vital to the church. Elderly saints of God, you say, oh, I don't sing anymore. I can't worship anymore. I can't do anything anymore. Just your presence and every once in a while, just beating the cane on the floor. Amen. You are important to the kingdom of God. Somebody needs to quit letting the devil lie to you and tell you you're done. You're finished. You're no good. You're not good for anything. You are important to the kingdom. When one member suffers, the whole body suffers. When one person falls away from God, it affects the whole body. Just like it does when one person comes to God, it affects the whole body. It does the same thing. You say, oh, I can leave the church and it'll never bother anybody. They won't even know I'm gone. Oh, yes, they'll know you're gone. 
Oh, yes, I'll know you're gone. Oh, yes, you'll probably take somebody with you when you go. Because you see what happens, you can't just cut off members and it not affect you. But lots of times when you start cutting off members, it starts getting infected. And when you just try to get rid of that little pinky finger, it gets infected and it goes up the side of your hand and it goes up into your arm. And before you know it, the doctor comes in and says, we got to amputate your arm to the elbow and hope that the infection don't go on. Sometimes it can get in your bloodstream and affect your whole body and the whole body dies. That's how important you are to the kingdom of God. You're part of the body. You're part of the body. Let's all stand today. Some wonder, man, Brother Looper, sometimes he don't get on these problems and straighten these people out quick enough. Sometimes he don't line them up like they need to be. Sometimes those young people's doing things they shouldn't do and He still lets them sing. Sometimes they're making mistakes and He still lets them take part. Sometimes a Sunday school teacher may not be doing right. Boy, He ought to straighten them out. You know, I understand. Sometimes you've got to work with the body. You can't just start cutting off digits. It's a process. Before you amputate it, you want to try to let it heal. Before you get rid of it, you want to try to fix it. Before you say, okay, I can live without it, you want to make sure I've done everything I can to salvage. Because I can remember back in my life, I was sick at times. I was a member of the body that was unprofitable. I was a member of the body that was hurting the kingdom. But I remember somebody wrapping their arms around me and said, I believe I can fix you back. I believe I can put it back together again. I believe I can clean out the infection. I believe we can pray our way through this. I believe we can make it to the other side. I believe I believe you can be healed. I believe that you can be restored. I believe that you can be lifted up because God needs you. I come to tell somebody this morning, God needs you. God Needs you. Now I want you to look around you again. As we look at everybody in this building and we say, you're my brother. And you're my sister. You're important to the kingdom of God. You're necessary to the work of God. It's needful that you be in the church. I want everybody to lift their hands right now. This is not the direction that I intended to go, but 
I feel something that's just pulling me back to this. That it's that some of you are being your own your own worst critic. I can't. I can't. I can't find my place. I, there's nothing I can do. I'm not important. God don't love me. The preacher don't love me. The people don't love me. But I come to tell you the devil is a liar. You are part of the body of Christ. You are part of the church. You're part of First Pentecostal Church in Sealsby, Texas. You are needful to the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's reach out to God right now. Right now. Everybody lift up your voice unto the Lord. If you don't know Him today, let me tell you, it's the best life that you could ever live. All you got to do is come down to this altar, lift your hands toward heaven and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to be baptized in your wonderful name. I want to change in my life. This is the best life. As we gather around this front this morning, as they sing a song, I want us to ask God to help us to realize the importance that we are to the kingdom of God. Lift up your voice right now, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will. Ask God to help you realize who you are. Oh God. I need you. You're my brother. I need you. You're my sister. Oh, I want to do a work for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to fit into the body of Christ. Oh, God, whatever part of the body you want me to be. God, whatever you want.